0: Thank you so much for all that you are doing in providing quality math lessons for my children. If you're looking for a great online math program, visit ctcmath.com. That's ctcmath.com. Hey everyone, this is Yvette Hampton. Welcome back to the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. I am so glad that you've joined us today on a Thursday, or I don't know, maybe you're listening to this on a Monday. It airs on a Thursday, but we know that you guys listen and watch these videos and listen to the podcast on all kinds of different days of the week. So I shouldn't always assume that you're listening to it on Thursday morning (laughs) when it first (laughs) comes out. But whatever day of the week it is for you, I am so thankful and honored that you have chosen to spend some of your day with me. I know that there are many other things you could be listening to right now. Um, And so we, we pray that this is worth your time and that you will be encouraged. If you've listened to the first Two episodes we did this week with Dorinda, Doctor Dorinda. <laughs> I know that you were greatly encouraged, and so we're gonna uh, just bring some more of that encouragement um, today as well. Um, Dorinda, uh, you you mentioned in part one that you have you've been homeschooling for over twenty five years. Mm-hmm. That's a really long time. That's amazing. That is probably longer than some of our homeschool moms have even been alive, if they've got little teeny tiny ones. And it
1: could be, could be. Now I feel really old. No, Thank you, you, well, you don't need
0: to get old. I've been married 26 years. So, so here, let's do it this way. If I'd had a baby the very first year that I was married, and since homeschooling starts at birth, I could actually be on year 25 of homeschooling. So I would be right there with you.
1: But well, okay. So does homeschooling start at birth? Cause then I'm at, I'm at 30. Let's say you're at 30 then. Okay. I, All right. I, I just we'll upped it that. for you.
0: <laughs> Don't don't you love all I I'm really I she, making she you into something else.
1: <laughs> that I ai have I'm a Dr. Dorinda and now I've got 30 years of homeschooling 30 years of homeschooling wow, experience. Everybody needs a friend like this, really. Thank you. Well,
0: <laughs> it's why you keep me around, right? <laughs> oh no, so many more reasons. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. Okay, so Dr. Dorinda's been homeschooling for over 30 years. And one of the questions that gets asked constantly is how do moms homeschool multiple kids and multiple with multiple ages. And that's a real, right. I mean, I only have two. And I find that even to be a challenge for myself. My girls right. are five years apart. And so, you know, they're in, I have a high school or an elementary school um, child. And so that can even be a challenge for myself. But when, you, when you've when you got more than two in the mix, if you have four or five or six or more, that can really, really be a challenge. And I know that moms do it all the time, but I would love for you to encourage those moms, and, and how have you kind of mastered that idea well, of teaching know. multiple
1: kids? Mastered is the right word.
0: Well, you're a doctor. Right. You've mastered it. Because I'm, I'm <laughs> going with it. it.
1: <laughs> some of it, you know, I mean, honestly, there is never a perfect homeschooling day. I always tell sure. people in the thousands of days that we've homeschooled, there's never been a perfect one. Yeah. But I will say that in the back in the day when there were a lot of little ones, I just had to finally embrace the fact that a big part of my kids' education was family life. Yeah. Um, even my older kids, like we were, they were learning how to care for young children. And you know, the Bible talks about caring for those who are weak, who's weaker than a baby and, yeah. a, and a toddler, right? So we're really teaching them a lot of wonderful things by serving their families. And so that can, that is very much a part of their education. But when it comes down to the nuts and bolts of actually doing the schoolwork piece of it with all of those kids around, I think the first thing that I would encourage parents to do is encourage your kids to become independent learners as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. So you don't want them leaning too hard on you for things that they can really do themselves. So we want to start out right away saying, okay, well, here's your work. Um, I'll be right here if you need me, but you go ahead and get started, especially once they're reading, writing, and doing basic math. So they're, they're, when I say writing, able to write their letters and and start to write sentences or even practice, even practicing their letters. A lot of times, once they know how to do it, they can do it on their own. Mm -hmm. So you want to look for those opportunities to let them do things on their own. Um, And you can check back in with them. Let, again, let them know you're right there if they need you, but you want to encourage independence as soon as possible. And the second thing that we have to remember is that, um, there are things that you can do together with them, but um, with with everyone at the same time. And then tailor the other pieces to individual needs. For instance, we want to read aloud to our kids. Well, we can read aloud to all of them at the same time. And maybe that what we're reading is maybe geared towards the little bit older kids. The younger kids are still listening. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not as important that it be at their level, just that they're there learning to listen to a book, you know? And so, um, and sometimes we'll cut them loose a little, we'll cut them loose sooner than the other kids. I I heard someone describe it like riding a bus, you know, you let those little ones off sooner than you let off the older ones. And so there's some things you can do together, do what you can together. And then, um, you know, work towards having some of the, you know, other things that they need to do individually. The other thing that I did was I had older kids help with younger kids. Mm -hmm. Um, so, If I needed to spend time with my seven-year-old because he was struggling in um, a certain area and I knew I needed to spend some time with them every day, or maybe it just randomly that day I need to, um, I can take an older child and say, hey, look, you're, you're done with your math. You're not moving on to anything else yet you're getting ready to move on to something else. Will you just play with this baby for a little while, for 20 minutes while I help your brother? So assigning an older child to sit with a younger one for 20 minutes at a time, I felt like that was really kind of the limit mm-hmm. um, for the, the little one and for them. Sometimes I actually scheduled it so that while I was intentionally working with this child every single day, that this, this child was entertaining the two-year-old or playing with the baby or whatever. And sometimes I would even let them choose a special activity that they only did with that sibling. Like maybe the, you know, the nine-year-old is playing with the two-year-old and she's picked out a couple of activities that she thought that he would enjoy and they only do it during their time together. Mm, So it's special. It's something she's picked out. And right there also what I'm doing is I am nurturing sibling relationships I'm saying this little person needs you and I'm, and I'm intentionally putting them together. So there's a whole lot going on just in those simple dynamics. So, um, it, it never, I feel like it probably never went super duper smooth. There was always, you know, something, but we just, you know, we just adapt and adjust along the way. Just don't be afraid to engage those older kids to help with the younger ones. Um, and you know, like I said before, family life is educational. Yep. You know, fixing a sandwiches for the other kids or reading with or to their younger siblings and changing diapers. Those are all legitimate, valid parts of their education. And the thing that I love about that is the kids learn right off the bat that the world does not revolve around them. Right. <laughs> um, and they start to, they it encourages them to be other oriented. Yep. And that's really what we want. You know, kids who are completely self-consumed or are always thinking about themselves, people who do that yeah. are not happy people. happy people are thinking outside of themselves and about the needs around them. And so we're actually encouraging our kids to be happy (laughs) and we're showing them this is what it looks like to be happy. And, um, because God says, you know, even Jesus said it, come to serve, be served. I came to serve. I want to go back to one of the things that you talked
0: about and you talked about encouraging independence. And I know that with eight kids, I'm certain that of your eight you had some who were just go-getters they could you could give them an assignment right. and they would just run with it and then you had other kids who were a little more insecure about their ability to do things who would just say you know i i can't i just i can't do this and there might be tears and right. frustration how can we help our kids when they're feeling insecure about their ability to do things how do how did you encourage your kids who fell into that category of just feeling like, I can't do this. I don't
1: know what to do. Well, I think sometimes just taking a breather, um, hitting the pause button, stepping back and maybe just letting them go do something else for a while, um, just to reset their brains and Mm -hmm. then bring them back in and, and try again. Or if it's an ongoing thing, I would just really have a conversation with them when they're calm not when they're upset, mm-hmm. um, you know, it could be a completely different time of the day. You cut them loose and you just sit down and talk about it later in the day over a cup of hot chocolate or something and just say, hey, tell me a little bit more about what's happening when you do your math. I notice that um, you're getting discouraged and uh, it seems like it's hard for you. What about it do you not like? What about it is hard for you? Start asking them questions. And it's amazing. Kids can tell you way more than you think they can. And, uh, often we, and, and always be prayerful before you do it, because the Lord can really give you discernment to sort of read between the lines. If your child isn't maybe the best communicator, maybe isn't quite connected to their feelings, because a lot of times they're just emotional. Sure. Um, and so just having that conversation with them to me has always been one of the most beneficial things and just letting them know, listen, you're learning, you're still learning. And it's okay if you don't get this right now, because you're going to get it someday. You'll, you'll get it eventually. Yeah. It doesn't have to be today, you know, Um, but we just want to make sure that you are enjoying learning and we want to be able to help you if there's some things that we can help you with. And so if you can help us understand what's happening, um, that would be great. you know, something like that. Sure. Just very positive and, and um, just when we bring them into those conversations, it helps them own what they're doing. Yeah. And when they know they've got that kind of support and backup and that we're problem solving together, that's another thing is we're teaching them, listen, this is an obstacle, but it's not one we can't overcome together. Yeah. Let's put our heads together and figure it out. You're showing them, we can do this. Yeah. We can we can take any problem and we can work through it and we can figure it out. We can problem solve. Yeah.
0: You're absolutely right about about not doing it in the heat of the moment and finding a time where our kids are calm and they can think clearly without the frustration. I actually just had this exact thing happen last night with my youngest. She's 10. And she's an excellent reader. Um, we read the Bible together every day as a family. And, and she every night she reads part of whatever passage we're reading. And, and I always, I'm like, if you can read the Bible... You can read anything, you know, and the words that are hard that, you know, I mean, there are words that I can't even pronounce in the Bible. Right, right. We sound them out together. Right, right. (laughs) Exactly. So we sound them out together and we work through it. But she was just feeling really insecure about her ability to read, which is so strange because she's a great reader. Mm -hmm. But so I, I, it was bedtime. She wasn't reading at the time. She wasn't frustrated. And I just said, you know, I said, because she recently got roller skates. And I said, when you first got your roller skates... How good were you at roller skating? She's like, not very good at all. I'm like, no, not you were not good at all. You couldn't even go down the driveway. You were falling, and you know, she she would go a few steps, and then she would step onto the grass because <laughs> you can't roll on the grass, right? Right. And I said, now look at you. You're you're getting really good at it because you've been practicing. And reading is the same way. You practice. The more you read, the better you're going to become at reading, and the bigger books you're going to read. And so she's like, "Oh, all right, I'll read." <laughs> you know, but oh, I, all, so I always great. want to be like, "Just, just read a book." And she's like, "But I don't want to. I'm not a good reader." And um, and so just reminding her when it wasn't a time of frustration for her right, that right. you know, let's look at the big picture here. You really right. can read, and you'll become a better reader mm. when you continue to practice reading. So right. let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. To try three weeks of free lessons, visit IEW.com. We are back with Dorinda Wilson, and we're talking about her new book called The 4-Hour School Day. And the book is is really just a book of encouragement for homeschoolers and really to help us kind of see the big picture of homeschooling and that it doesn't look like what it looks like in the traditional school. Right. So Dorinda, in this book, I mean, you've got, there it's a wealth of information and wisdom and everything that you share in this book, lots of personal stories, what the Lord has taught you through your 30 years of homeschooling. (laughs) What is the number one lesson that you would want people to take from this book, The 4-Hour School Day? And it's called, again, it's called The 4-Hour School Day, How You and Your Kids Can Thrive in the Homeschool Life. What would you want people to walk away with
1: when they read this book? I think I really, really want parents to understand that at the end of the day, you you have to know how valuable your role is mm-hmm. in your children's lives um providing safety and security and stability so that they can learn more naturally and easily is just it's it's so uh, foundational to them as uh, growing into whole healthy adults and um, you know, really, it, it's not about molding our children to the image we want them yeah. to become. It's about working with who they already are, who God made them to be. And we have that uh, that ability to do that when we homeschool because we can provide the stability and the safety and the security that they need Um again, so that they can learn naturally and easily. So um, it's not about choosing the perfect curriculum or even giving them the most robust education as it is about growing emotionally healthy, caring, contributing adults who are critical thinkers and problem solvers. And of course, at the end of the day, for us as believers, we want them to own their walk with God. That's right. We want them to be powerful um, for the kingdom of God. We want them to take their place in the body of Christ and do it well. And all of those things, I just believe, can be best done from home.
0: Yeah. Amen. There's no better place for kids There's to no be. There's no place like home. There's no place like home. <laughs> no place like home. Never, No better place for them to be than under the instruction and discipleship and love of their parents and their family That's who God has placed right. them with.
1: And that's who, you know, I tell parents all the time, God has intentionally put you with your children in this specific time. You know, I, I know we live in some ways very challenging times, but in some ways very exciting times. Yeah. And God has made all of us for such a time as this. That's right. He planned for you to be the parents of these children during this time. That's right. And I believe I'm seeing so many Christian families. God is turning their hearts yeah. back toward their children and back toward home. And we, you know, many, many, a big part of the body of Christ needed a wake up call. Yep. And it's happening. And it's it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. And to see and to hear, um, all that we are, it's, it's just super exciting because I believe that at the end of the day, um, it's going to change the trajectory of the church. It's going to change the trajectory of our nation. Um, We need to not um, despise the day of small beginnings. And I think that's where we are right now. And we get to be part of it by investing in our children and investing in the next generation. we got to think multi-generationally. We have to stop thinking about just the here and now. We've got to think bigger than that. And because honestly, I tell people, when you raise and homeschool your kids, you are raising and homeschooling your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren. So think big. Yeah. Um, because this, you were made for such a time as this.
0: That's right. It's a legacy that we're leaving thank for prayers. our kids and our grandkids. And you're getting to see that firsthand, Dorinda. I am. What a blessing. So thank you so much for your time this week. You are one of my favorite people in the whole world. You are <laughs> such a blessing to me. I thank you for, uh, just for your role in my life, but not just my mm-hmm. life, for your role in the lives of You know, thousands of homeschool moms around the world. It is such an, just such an encouragement to be able to talk to you and glean from your experience and take the wisdom that God has given you with home educating and raising up and discipling your kids. So thank you for all of the hard work and sweat <laughs> and tears. And and I know it's been fun. I as, you know, over the past couple of years as you've been writing this, there have been many times where you and I have texted back and forth. You'll just say, pray for me. I have, you know, I this next chapter is due by Friday. And right, um, right. you know, you'll go lock yourself in a cave and and write it. <laughs> and so it's very exciting right. to see it have come to complete to completion. Um, I love that I get to have been part of one of your, be one of your prayer warriors, um, throughout this. Well, book.
1: I sure so. appreciate it. That is, you know, they always say, you know, a book is never, you know, somebody authors it, but it's a team effort and certainly yeah. the prayer support is huge. So thank you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, you guys pick up the book. It's called the four hour school day, how you and your kids can thrive in the homeschool life. Make sure you pick up a copy, go to DorindaWilson.com. We will put the link in the show notes. And also you, you like quickly breezed by this, but you have a podcast yourself. That's very excellent and encouraging. It's the Dorinda Wilson podcast. Imagine yeah. that.
1: Imagine that. Yes. This is not the Dr. Dorinda. It's not just the Dorinda, do- Wilson. <laughs> Dorinda Wilson podcast. I've got over 200 episodes there. One of my favorite features is on the podcast page, there's a search bar. So you can put in keywords and something will likely come up because we've talked about a lot of things after 200 episodes.
0: (laughs) Lots of things. And one of the things I love most about your podcast is that you're very, very transparent Hmm. and you've had several of your kids on the podcast with you Hmm. who have also been transparent with some of the struggles that you guys have had as families, the joys that you've had. Of being a homeschool family, the things that God has taught you. And so, you know, it's been a, a family um, endeavor for sure. So definitely listen to Dorinda's podcast as well. You will be encouraged. Thank you guys for listening. Again, make sure that you are signed up for the Schoolhouse Rocked newsletter. And please uh, just pray about whether or not the Lord would have you to help support the Schoolhouse Rocked ministry financially. We cannot do what we're doing without the support of our listeners and our sponsors, um, but we mostly have support from our listeners. Um, that is how we do what we do, and that is how this movie is getting into people's hands. We are always in need of financial support. So if you believe in homeschooling, you wanna see it continue to grow, you wanna encourage homeschool families through the movie and through the podcast, please consider a monthly or one-time donation. It's a tax-deductible donation. You can do that at Schoolhouse Rocked. We would be um, so blessed by that. So thank you guys for listening. Have a great rest of your day and we will see you back here on Monday. Bye-bye.